Glad you're back with us here on Show Me Today. Not only are we paying attention a little bit to the Iowa caucus, but uh, obviously what's going on with our legislative session in Jefferson City. Anthony Morbeth got to chat with Representative Melanie Stinnett on her priorities this session. Representative, welcome. I noticed that a lot of your priorities are focused on health care. Let's start there. So the telehealth bill actually takes a look at the audio-only options for telehealth and puts that in statute so that we are ensuring that individuals that maybe don't have great high-speed internet access yet or have challenges with that kind of mode can still use that audio-only version. And that's a really important thing for a lot of our seniors that maybe, maybe they have internet, but they find it difficult to navigate technology or for individuals in our rural communities that, that high-speed internet can be a barrier still. So are we talking specifically by phone? Is this audio only through computer? Is this one of those things where you use like Microsoft Teams or Zoom? And if you don't have a camera, you're still able to do telehealth. Kind of give me more specs on that. Really, all of those would be an option. The bill also makes sure to indicate that we can't really narrow the type of telehealth platform that's used. So we want people to have choice and access to whatever's available to them. So a provider likely will try to utilize a HIPAA-compliant video platform if they're doing something that could have a video component available, but it could just be by phone. And like I had mentioned, you know, with the shortage of nurses, and I guess now that a lot of rural hospitals across Missouri have uh, been closing down over the past several years, I think this telehealth uh, is important, especially because if I'm living in a town of about a thousand people and my nearest health facility is 45 minutes to an hour to an hour and a half away, this is very helpful in trying to Uh, you know, help ensure that I still get the care I need without having to drive an hour and a half one way if I'm not able to. Certainly, we want to make sure that people can access care as quickly as possible because what we know is that if your care is an hour and a half or more away, you may delay care because that's inconvenient. And so creating these opportunities for people to access care in a more convenient manner, also make sure that they're doing those preventative measures to ensure that they don't get more sick. If you're tuning in late or if you want to hear more, subscribe to Show Me Today, wherever it is you get your podcast. You also could log on to MissouriNet.com and listen to our radio program that way as well. Let's talk about some of your other pre-filed bills you want to touch on here. Uh, House Bill 1975, Prescribed Pediatric Care Facilities, and uh, I, I think you called it Access to Child Care. Explain that. Last year, when the governor came out and, and announced his support of our, our need for child care and, and access to child care in our state, one of the first things that came to mind, because my background is working with individuals with disabilities, was that if we extended access to our traditional child care, that really wasn't an answer for families of children with special needs, specifically those that may be more medically complex. And so this bill is an answer to that kind of issue that I brought up from the Department of Health and Senior Services to allow facilities that are registered with DESE as a child care facility to have a separate registration with the Department of Health and Senior Services to be able to provide more medical level care in their facilities. And these options would allow children that may be receiving that nursing care in their home to then transition that nursing care into their child care facility 
utilizing that nurse more efficiently because that nurse then can see multiple patients uh, in that child care facility versus having to go to maybe four different homes, but also giving options to those families so that they have a place that their child can safely be cared for in a child care facility while maybe they return to work. I, I think it's worth touching upon here just how important is expanding access to traditional child care in 2024? It's a definite issue that we hear talked about by our business community. And so I think it's something that we as a legislature need to be attuned to and listening to the concerns. I think it's a complex topic to find good solutions for, but I think our legislature is committed to looking into that. I'm curious, Representative, is your proposal for this uh, proposed expanding access come from a, um, a a disparity that you're hearing from from your constituents? Absolutely. I, I've talked with many families of children with disabilities, both my constituents, but then also throughout the state who would like to have an opportunity to be uh, back in the workforce, but instead need to stay home with their child because there's not child care opportunities for them. So I think, again, it's a it's a solution to an issue that's been brought up to me multiple times. Definitely constituents of mine have, have brought up the concern. We do have a facility in Springfield that offers some, but it's, you know, limited. And so this would expand those options and also utilize a system that is already in place with CHSS to provide nursing care, but just change a little bit of how that funding flows so that we can get those nurses into child care facilities. In touching on some of your other legislative priorities for this 2024 session, you have a maternal health care bill relating to the blood tests of pregnant women. What would House Bill 1979 do? This bill is important because we are we have seen over time and, and the reason the original statute was put in place is to ensure the health and well-being of the child that's born to a mother that may have um, a disease or, or virus that can be passed to the child. And so knowing about those before the baby is born allows the provider to take the necessary steps to ensure the health and well-being of that child. This bill uh, extends that. So right now we have that at the first prenatal visit, those checks are done. This would also include the 28-week visit to ensure that we're, we're doing a double check to make sure nothing has changed before that infant is born and we can provide the best quality maternal care both for the mother and for the baby. You know, and I think that these tests are extremely important just to begin with because uh, you know, making and taking blood tests during pregnancy for things like uh, HIV, Hep C, and and other diseases, or uh, genetic conditions or birth defects. You know, uh, it's important that doctors look at this so that if they find and or detect an issue, they could remedy it before someone potentially gets hurt. Absolutely. You know, knowledge about these things is so important. Without this knowledge, there's a challenge with having to deal with things after the fact when you find out after the baby's born. But with this knowledge, a provider can make a plan and execute that plan, again, to ensure that the health and well-being of everyone involved. We're talking with Republican Representative Melanie Stinnett of Springfield on Show Me. Today we are talking her legislative priorities for the 2024 session. Let's close by talking about House Bill 1976 provisions relating to prior authorization of health care services. 
Now, I guess a talk, a talking point I wanted to bring up is that I'm reading this is a bit of a contentious subject, whether an insurance company will cover a prescribed procedure, service, or medication. Is that kind of what you, your bill would do? Yes. So it creates simply a gold carding system is what a lot of individuals in the healthcare world would call it. Essentially, if a provider submits authorization to an insurance company during a six-month evaluation period and is deemed to be approved for those authorizations at least 90% of the time, then they would not have to submit prior authorization for that next evaluation period. There would be a look back to ensure that they maintain that 90% going forward, but that would free up a lot of the staff and decrease costs for our providers and decrease wait times for patients who are are trying to access care to allow a a more free flow of what a patient and a doctor think is best for their care. On the notion of this being a bit of a contentious subject, I was reading that uh, prior authorization of healthcare services was criticized for its negative impact on patient care, cost, and trust, often leaving, I guess to put it one way, patients in the dark as they're waiting for approval and the like? Yes, it is a big challenge as a healthcare provider myself and someone who's run a private clinic. Prior authorization is something of a thorn in many healthcare providers' sides, and it is a challenge. You know, a good example that I can give from my own personal experience is that, you know, we would have a child going through speech therapy, making progress, they get denied for prior authorization, even though they're making progress. And then we have to go through an appeal process. And then we have to go potentially through a peer-to-peer review with that insurance company. And during that time, the client and patient, as you say, is sort of left in the dark. They don't know if that authorization is going to be renewed or not. So many times they will discontinue their care until we find out. And that could be a month. It could be 45 days. It could be 60 days. It, it just depends on the insurance plan. And so that's really a challenge for providing continuous care to ensure progress for a child. But there are many other examples in the surgery setting, in the dental setting, many examples of how this is a challenge for patient care. And I think insurance companies uh, implemented prior authorization for for various different reasons. But I think it's something that many providers feel has gotten out of hand over, over the years. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.